this great. We're friends. We're hanging out. We're doing a new episode of your favorite podcast. That's right. I said it. Eat shit this American life. Hey, gang. Welcome to a brand new episode of Terribly Funny. I, of course, am your host, your buddy, your pal, Steve Bazalone, and this is the podcast where I talk to funny people about terrible things that have happened to them. Should have spent longer on the title, but I really just went straight at it, you know? Just call a spade a spade. You know where you stand. Anyhow, it's a brand new episode. I'm excited that you're here because today we have a great guest. He is uh, both an old friend and also kind of a new friend. We went to the same college, uh, good old Emerson College, but we've only really become friends in like the last year. It's the very talented writer, Mr. Noah Garfinkel. What can I tell you about Noah? Well, I can tell you that sometimes, uh, you know, working in the comedy arena, sometimes you meet people and everybody's pretty nice by and large, but there's always like a little bit of an edge. Or not always, but a lot of times there's a little bit of an edge. There's a sarcasm, there's an undercutting, there's a dryness. I, I, I embody all those things, but not Noah. Noah is just uh, sweet and genuine and still super fucking talented and funny, and it's very refreshing. Um, but what? let me walk you through his CV, his resume, shall I? You've seen him write for things like uh, Crow Show and President Show and uh, Workaholics and New Girl. And uh, uh, most recently, you can watch the show that he worked on at NBC called uh, Abby's. He's also appeared in a bunch of things as an actor, like New Girl and Kroll Show, and you might also recognize his face from The Good Place. He's a man of many talents, and uh, today we it was a pleasure to talk to him because we talked about all sorts of shit. We ran the gamut. We talked about bed bugs. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. We talked about what it's like being broke and just a, a real dirtbag of a person. Also, we talked about what it's like being, you know, very neurotic and uh, just thinking all the time, ooh, Am, am I going to get a disease? Because, you know, we're both we're both neurotic people. Uh, we also talk about what it's like to lose a friend and a peer. So we really run the gamut. We're talking about irreverent shit and the deep shit. And that's what it's like to talk to Noah Garfinkel. We're going to get to that in just one second. But before we do, let's do the thing that nobody really wants to hear, but I'm going to speed right through it. Hey, do you like this podcast? Do you? If you do, go to our iTunes page. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Subscribe. Subscribe. It costs you nothing. It takes no time. Do that. Also, you can engage with social media. That's fun. We're hip. Uh, our Twitter is terribly underscore funny. Drop us a line. We'd love to have a conversation. Also, you can check us out on Instagram. See pictures of all of our very attractive guests and sometimes my dog. It's terribly funny podcast. Also, if you're lonely or if you got any thoughts about this whole endeavor or you just having a slow day, Drop me a line. I'd love to have a conversation with you. It's terribly funny podcast at Gmail. There, that's done. We're done with that shit now. Let's get to the good stuff. And the good stuff, of course, is Noah Garfinkel. Theme music, please. And we put each other into the deep end, but there is only one. Um, uh, I guess let's just get into some stuff then. Yeah. Do you, you, you're familiar, vaguely familiar with the idea. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. We talk about terrible stuff. Yeah. Or, you know, varying degrees. It doesn't have to be. Nothing awful, awful. that bad has ever happened to oh, me. Goddamn. What a, what a, what a dream. <laughs> it's, it's been really nice. Uh, that sounds great. I, uh, just because, you know, I want to make this about me as much as possible. Uh, yesterday, I went to a uh, this real mindfuck. This kid I went, I did semester at sea. Mm-hmm. And this kid who was like this lovely, like gregarious, like very like, he went to UCSD. Uh, and he or SB like, and he had that kind of vibe like just like surfer bro like said bro all the time and like played hard worked hard and he was like very instrumental in like getting my career started he used to work for this production company then he like always like would take anything he's like send me all the writing you got and then like that turned into like me selling my first script like oh wow which was very cool but then I like you know the last 10 years I've only seen him a handful of times he fucking the day after Christmas uh, jumped off the standard the no history of this mental illness. This could not matter less. 
but the what, one downtown. Okay. Yes. No, no, it paints a picture. But it was like, it was no history of mental illness, no, yeah. uh, nothing wrong, no, no, like seemingly happy. Everything seemingly was great. And it was just like, it was this lovely celebration yesterday, but it was also like, fuck, man, we're all just teetering. Like this kid, everything was going pretty well for him and he seemed happy. And then something was still internally off. It's and really, who knows? It's really shocking when you... Did you know Jawan Lee? She was a Not comedian. really in her name, but yeah. Yeah, she was a comedian in New York who jumped off the George Washington Ugh. Bridge. And I, I didn't... I was never close with her. Yeah. I hadn't been in touch in a few years, but it was strange that I never had... Of course, I would never have an inkling. I wasn't of close to this person. Yeah. But it still freaks you out. Because it's just like... I, I think it's just like one of those things that just like, oh, I guess we are all uh, incredibly fragile. <laughs> and it's, it's easy to forget that because, I don't know. We're just too busy looking at Twitter and shit. Twitter is... I really love Twitter. I don't have any negative... Like, I know it's like a... It's a hellscape for some people. Yeah. But if you're just a, a a white guy who's not verified, it's like so... And follow people sure. who think you're good. Like, yeah. nothing bad happened. No That's one, true. Yeah, I guess I, I started... I, I've like, I feel like I've been like getting more engaged now. I don't know why. I think it's like a, a just trying to stay active in some capacity or big distractions. But, like, I used to love it when I was, like, on Community and there was, like, you know, a bunch of rabid fans who, like, mm-hmm. validate you all the time. And they were just, like, writing a new joke every day kind of thing. But then, like, when five years ago I got divorced and it was, like, a tabloid thing, like, just people came out of the woodwork to, like, say fucking weird mean shit. Mm-hmm. Or, like, nice things, but that also felt bad. And yeah. I was like, I'm just, I'm <laughs> just going to take a Twitter break here. Twitter pity is bad. Yeah, like, Twitter pity felt, Twitty is real bad. Hanging in there from someone you don't know who uh-huh. thinks you need to hear it is bad. Yeah, or just being like, yo, dude, I got your back. What a fucking bitch. And like, that's, no, well, that's no, 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 you're missing the point. <laughs> so, like, I feel like that's, like, I just got off of that and it didn't, it felt, like, more poisonous than uh, Instagram, even though Instagram is still, like, a black hole. But... At least it's one of just, like, cute pictures from friends. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I find it. I think I just, like, follow not... I don't hate follow no. things. Yeah. So it's all just people I I enjoy. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, and, like, a bunch of animals and, like, interior design... And interior design blocks. Oh, I would like some good interior... Oh, buddy, I got a bunch. Stuff. I'll send them your way. Uh, I'm now trying to follow... a. A lot of new things to try to mix up the uh, suggestion page. Oh sure. Because I'm like I'm not getting anything I like on here. Yeah, I am. I, I feel like just because I look at uh, that that one House of Highlights all the time. So what is that? It's called House of Highlights, and it's just like highlight videos of sports. So it like makes me feel like I I feel like I know shit about basketball now just because I'm watching these highlights all the time. Oh, I really I tried to get into. I like basketball, mm-hmm. and this season I like got the NBA league pass and oh, everything. Wow. But I haven't. I wanted to try to get off of cable news and find sure. a new, uh, a new, thing a new addiction. Uh-huh. With, and it hasn't been. It hasn't a taken. I just, I watch like four hours of cable news a day. Oof. And then we'll watch like the repeat of a show I've already seen. <laughs> well, that's. I guess that at that point it's just like calming. Yeah, can, like, it's my. I fall asleep too. To yeah. I can't fall asleep without the. TV on. Do you think that's problematic? Because I got into thing what for a while, like I had to listen to something, and then when if I didn't have it, it was it was like. Oh yeah, I have a lot of trouble flying. I'm, but there's no place I ever have to be where I can't. That's true. Just be listening. To listening something. to something. Yeah, I guess it's not that bad. Um, all right. Well, that's a solid preamble. Now uh, I made it about me enough. Your turn. Uh, I got. Hmm. Yeah, bad. I had bed bugs oh, in no. New York. That was very bad. Oh fuck. 
I've uh, what is, I, I feel like I've talked about that on a lot. This is oh, maybe really? the only thing I've talked about on a podcast before. <laughs> yeah, this old chestnut. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, that was very terrible and deep. Like I got a bug bite like on uh, Monday, and it was like a whole three hours of spinning out about it. And, oh, because uh, that was like like a Pavlovian yeah, thing now. Yes, right. Uh, and that w- it was now eleven years ago that I had bed bugs. Well, yeah, but I, I still, mean, I went crazy. I feel like uh, bed bug is like the. Um, the insect uh, equivalent of herpes. It's just mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know somebody had like, ooh, <laughs> I'm really sorry. I'm glad it's moved to herpes category now because uh-huh. when I had them, I was staying, I stayed with my friend Joe for, uh, Joe Mandy. Yep, sure. And he said that it was like um, having a friend with AIDS in the 80s where no one like, <laughs> knew yet, like what, it was like, can I get better? I don't know, is this a thing? staying over at my place? Yeah, am I gonna get from the toilet seat? <laughs> um, so that was, yeah. I guess I guess that's nice. I guess that's nice. Back in two thousand eight, we didn't know what we were doing. No, we didn't. We, we didn't, didn't. We didn't have a, like the the extermination. That was when the like, cocktail sure, that we have now. Sure, that's when uh, bed buds were like called grids instead of AIDS. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was know. a dark period. Uh, what, how does that work though? How does that happen? Did you get it from like? Because my I never went when I, the ten months that I lived in New York or when I visit. Like I still. Avoided like the the Times Square theaters because it was like that's where yeah 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 bugs are. I think we got them from a roommate like bringing me a piece of furniture he found on the street. Oh yeah, that's a bad idea. But also like in two thousand eight, were you like twenty five? I was twenty four or five. Yeah, something. Yeah, like that. so like that's the time where you're like, uh huh, this is good. Yeah, enough. you're like a thing that I can own without yeah uh, paying. Money I remember for in it. college for like two weeks, I fully slept on a mattress that we found in a oh, hallway. Oh. What the fuck? Well, that I feel like I'm. I have too many uh, issues that I could ever like. I'm so grossed out by like everything. Oh, it was terrible. I mean, like I, I like you know put a bunch of sheet like top sheets on it, but it was still like it was two weeks. What was I doing? What a goddamn like <laughs> tiny little idiot. Last last year, I was in New York for a few months uh, working on a show, mm-hmm. and I sublet this place in Clinton Hill, and it was this sure. nice. Uh, Brownstone. It was mm-hmm. a beautiful apartment. It was from uh, this woman who was going to be in Cape Cod oh, for sure. like the summer, mm-hmm. and I just decided to buy my own sheets, like because that made me feel like a little. No, that's that's an adult safer. thing to do, sure. And then when I was like changing the sheets, like her mattress just had like you never want to see someone else's bare mattress. It no. was just kind of like a slightly body state, like yep mattress, and. I just slept on the couch for about a month and a half. Oh, no. <laughs> bought an air mattress. And I know it's not like... No, because I'm sure like if you took off of your mattress or your top sheet, there's probably something. Sure. If, like from a coffee it, stain or whatever the fuck. But bug. it's mine. Yeah, it's yours. Uh, That's true. It's not a, a stranger in Cape Cod. <laughs> a, a stranger's sweat stains? Yeah. Yeah. And it just... And I know there, there's nothing that... It's not like there's active goo. No. <laughs> the goo the is dry. Mattress. Yeah, it's dry. But it's still goo residue. Yeah, it used to be goo. Yeah. At some point there was goo. But do you have the same problem in hotels? Uh those I'm mattresses s- gotta look like a goddamn disaster. Even nice ones. I try to I really like a nice hotel, but I'm still a little freaked out by hotels. Yeah. Uh, I'm because of bed Bad bug shit. and genuine gen, genuine general gross stuff. Although yeah. I did stay at a hotel when I was on script this week for the first three nights because uh I work on the Fox lot, and it's very far away. Oh, that's so far from here. That's uh, a wait, is that, is that where you guys are too? Sony. Oh, uh, that's also bad. It's bad, but I live like Hollywood. I like where, live where all like the the trans sex workers are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to get Tangerine Town to take. It's not really. <laughs> really T Town. Yeah, T Town. Yeah. It bums me out to say Hollywood, even though 
that's definitely what it is. Mm -hmm. But like Tangerine Town sounds kind of cute. Yeah, it does sound cute. And it sounds like that could be a thing, but nobody else is backing me up because no one else lives there. No. Just a bunch of transsex workers and me. Wait, what, what street are you on? Or do you not want to broadcast? Oh, I don't care. Uh, I'm on Las Palmas and Lexington. It's like Santa Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Like you can see my house in a shot in Tangerine. You're near, wait, I've, what is that? There's a small lot right there. Oh, uh, yeah, it's it's the Las Palmas lot or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's where where like on shot, Remain between. Yeah, where they did um, At Midnight for years. Yes. yes. I, I worked on my first thing in Los Angeles ever was a pilot that was shooting oh. there. La -de -da. It was an MTV pilot. It, 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 oh, it, shit. it didn't work out. Really? But then I ended up uh, moving here. That's nice. Yeah. That works out well. Uh, so what happens when you get bed bugs? You, you go and stay with Joe Mandy, but I stay with you Joe become like such a, uh, just basically like a, um, the skin disease, what is that called? A leper? Yeah, I was uh -huh. somewhat of a leper. I I... What I did was I threw away everything I owned except for two garbage bags of clothes. I washed an antiseptic and my laptop and my iPod. And I would just kind of stay at different people's places for a while. And then one time at Joe's, I had a place to stay like the next night. Mm -hmm. And Joe had to go to work because he, uh, he had a real job. Sure, sure. Uh, and I didn't, I was too embarrassed to be like, I have nowhere to go for like nine hours. <laughs> so uh -huh. I just got my two garbage bags of clothes and went to McCarran Park in Brooklyn. Oh no, for nine hours? Uh, for, well, I walked around a little bit. I ate sure, something and then I time. just like <laughs> laid down in the park with my garbage bags. Oh, like God. I listened to, to uh, like podcasts. Podcast, and sure. I was just like a guy in the park laying on garbage bags. Was that like a low, was that a moment like, cause I feel like there's, everybody has usually a plethora of them in their twenties, but moments like, what am I doing? Yeah. How did I get here? And just so, so deeply poor at the yeah. time. I remember my, at the time, I think I, after tech, I worked at the bookstore, the Museum of Modern Art, in the stock room, like in a basement with oh, no windows. Oh, that's a bummer. Because like the, the the MoMA, like working there in a gift shop seems pretty chill, but being underground with no windows seems yeah. awful. I didn't mind it. It was it was manual labor. Like uh -huh. I lifted boxes full of books all day, and I was in very good shape, and that was yeah, nice. Yeah, that's nice. And it was a time in my life where I could eat like just... It's such garbage for lunch, mm -hmm. and I miss it so. I would get a Philly cheesesteak from oh, yeah. the deli, and then put mayonnaise and Cheetos in it. Oh God! And just eat the whole thing. What a monster! Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think of it very fondly. Yeah, sure. No, I get that. I feel like when I was, uh, especially when I first did you do the program out here? I did. So did, were you? It was still the Oakwoods, right? Yes. Uh, man kids today they like have it so that fucking gorgeous building whoa, whoa, wait we're gonna have a disagreement about that building I've, I've never i've been inside once is it no i'm just the outside i think is atrocious but i think it's still like striking I mean, like, in it's a striking building and sure. in comparison to the fucking second floor above a dry place. cleaner in the end no but like where the where the, oh, the yeah, we had classes in like toluca lake where we were like tandem parking yeah tandem parking and there was like an like an accountant <laughs> right next door and dry cleaners downstairs like what is this this that is all the money strange. we have yeah. but we only had to, had to have like three classes yeah you went like twice was... yeah but the oakwoods i mean i thought the oakwoods were actually fine initially and then i was like oh this is all just some of the most despicable humans that I've ever met and they're like eight-year-old child actors. Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle was there when I was oh. there. That was exciting. Uh, Method and Red were there oh. briefly when I was there. Did you guys hang out at the, uh, in the, one of the three hot tubs? How many I did not. I didn't go in those often because I remember one time fully seeing like 
I, I could be wrong, but he just had it. It, he, it felt like a very uh, stereotypically Armenian man, uh, <laughs> just fully getting a hand job. And, oh. and I was like, I think I'm going to avoid that hot tub for a hot minute. Oh, I wish I would have had that information. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely plenty of that. Because it's like all sad divorced dads and like. People here for pilot season. Pilot season and like, uh, like pop punk bands like out to record their their big shot like their their first big you know break but they changed the name of the oak woods i think because it became too much of a thing yeah it's like avalon or something now yeah is it new management like did they uh, even sell it or were they just like no one wants to say it no one wants to stay it now avalon sounds somehow uh more uh enticing or maybe i mean we're getting really far away from anything remotely that's interesting. true but i think avalon is because they have places in new york they do. That's like corporate housing. So well, there's Oakwoods too. Same thing. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because I, I looked into it when I moved yeah. to New York. I was like, maybe I'll stay at an Oakwoods. It was a terrible idea. So I just stayed oh, in an awful windowless uh, studio apartment, which was also cool. I think this would also be a good podcast. Uh, the corporate housing. Oh yeah, any, any place you've stayed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was not great. Uh, that was during that period of my life. But that was like the period where we were so deeply broke. That's how I got into this. Where like I think from the ages of twenty one to twenty three, like. Uh, I think I subsisted mostly on um, uh, uh, Tostitos with a hit of lime mm-hmm. salsa and like PBR, but not even PBR. There was like a Pabst, it was Pabst Gold. It was like a thing they sold at Ralph's for a little while that it was like $10 for a 30 pack. Oh, so it was, it was like, so like the PBR was like $20 for a 30 pack. Mm-hmm. So I got this. And I think that's, I think looking back, that's probably occurs to me now. Like that's probably why I probably had a lot of fucking stomach issues. Cause I just only ate Tostitos with lime for yeah. like most meals and like hot dogs occasionally. I guess, yeah. Being, being very legitimately poor mm-hmm. after college was a terrible yeah. experience. I mean, and that went until I was like 28 years old. I had like a six year. I think it was like, yeah, like 29 Yep, like right after, at the Museum of Modern Art, every two weeks, my paycheck after taxes was $740. Oof. In Uh, in New York? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't go far, man. No, I I think my apartment, my room in the apartment was like $600 a month, and it was like at 149th and Broadway. Uh, I remember when I got, I bought a mattress when I first mm-hmm. moved there. Maybe you didn't find it in the hallway. I didn't find it in the like, hallway. Hey, okay, that's cool. My mattress delivery guy was like, this place is pretty big. You know you live in the hood though, right? Uh-huh. Like, yes, I am Yes, I am I'm aware. very aware. That is the, but now it's actually nice up there. Oh, it's great. Uh, it wasn't as great in. No. Uh, it's all changed. In 2006. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, whenever I, like, uh, uh, talk to anybody who is, like, still, like, 27 or 28, and they're like, ah, I just don't know... And there's a, you can, you just, I just, just want to say like, but you just give it like another year or two. Yeah. Everybody has this shit where you're just so deeply, like I remember having to, I thought for a while, like I was going to sell, I had an Oldsmobile Achieva and it was a, a stick shift and it was a, just a garbage car. Uh, but I thought at one point, like if I sell this, I think the blue book value was like $1,100. Mm-hmm. I was like, that'll, I can make that last for like three months. <laughs> Yeah, I, anytime I did like a comedy thing that would pay like six hundred dollars, mm-hmm. I'd be like, I'm se- I'm I'm like set. I'm good for that. Buys me like yeah. a month and a half of breathing room. Yes, I mean there was one time where it was the only time I had to do it, but like I 
had to get my dad when I was like 23 or something. It was around the time I was thinking about selling my car. And he was like, no, you live in Los Angeles. What the <laughs> fuck are you going to do? And I was like, well, I got this beach cruiser. And it's like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> um, but that was the only time where he like wired me like, I think like only like $400 just so I could make rent. And I was just like so embarrassed, but also so happy that I didn't have to like have my, sell your car yeah or have my check bounce because i was like too proud too proud proud to like tell my roommates that i was like maybe gonna be short yeah so i was like i'll write this check and hopefully i know they won't cash it for a week so i got a week to try to figure out what's what yeah waiting i remember paying rent late just because i wouldn't have yeah you're like oh if i just pay it on the like seventh and i don't get in mm-hmm. trouble I'll, I'll be fine yeah and I remember one time uh, walking home across the Williamsburg Bridge mm-hmm. because I was like, I get money deposited tomorrow, and if I buy a Metro card even for a ride, I won't have enough money oh, in my God. account to get $20 out of the ATM. Oh, that's <laughs> fucking brutal. Uh, I, uh, I remember because I used to do, I did a bunch of bullshit, but I did uh, kids parties for a long time. For like the first three, four years I lived out here. As like you dress up like Spider Man and Superman okay. and uh, the Incredible Hulk, like any and the pantheon of Marvel characters I covered, also like all the the, the uh, Star Wars world did it all, <laughs> um, and it was terrible. But it was like I got paid a dollar a minute. Oh yeah, so like you know I would do two or three parties a day, Saturday and Sunday, and I'd make like three fifty, and it was like it was pretty decent. So it allowed me just to like audition for you know. Taco Bell commercials during the week and like Did you ever get a Taco Bell commercial? I did a bunch of commercials. I did like actually a bunch like at Emerson, which like it was this it was like this like a great irony that like I in school, like my old writing partner Annie always said like in school like she thought I was like fancy because I would like order a Stella at a bar and not just like the cheapest <laughs> thing. Because like I had not money but some money in college because I did these commercials and then as soon as I got out here like I got into like a little fender bender I bought a bunch of furniture and then it was like well I that was it god I, I when everybody else was supposed to be so poor I had some money and now like I'm a, an adult and I have absolutely nothing yeah it was really I lived here for like three or four months after the Emerson program mm-hmm. uh, here and I was so miserable like here that I moved to New York and being poor in New York was way more fun than being poor here. Well, I think that's what I, I feel like there's like always a migration because I feel like when people get to be like uh, past that point of uh, being so uh, broken, not sure what life is like 28, 29, it's like, I don't want to fucking live in a closet anymore. That's exactly when I, I moved here at 28. Yeah. But that's like the thing is like, I feel like when you are, cause I lived there when I was 20 and it was so fun. I had zero cash, but like I stayed in an NYU dorm and I had a roommate who was, uh, I never learned his name. He was, a, he was a Japanese man who didn't speak any English and he was there taking classes at Columbia to like learn the language. And like the day I moved in, I was like, hey man, I'm Steve. And I shook his hand and he said something and I didn't catch him. I was like, what's that? And then he just like shook his head because he didn't understand English. <laughs> so I lived, I slept like legit five feet away from this guy for four months, never knew his name. <laughs> never knew a single thing about him. But like that was super fun because I didn't mind living in a, in, a, in squalor and like I was out all the time. Was, yeah, like, living in New York felt like an accomplishment and it felt yeah. cool and it's very cinematic and you're living in your own brain movie. Oh, it was great. It was like so aspirational. Like I remember I just read Bright Lights, Big City and I'm like, I'm doing it. <laughs> like I'm narrating about like you walk down the street and like all this shit was 
uh, not real, but like I think you get to like a certain age, like 28, 29, and you're like, you're like I, I want to eat at a at a kitchen table instead of a yeah. coffee table. Yes, because I'm a, a grown person, or I don't want to have to stay out until midnight, or what? I don't want to have to leave the house with everything I need for the next 14 hours because <laughs> it's just so far from anything else that I do. Like just always having a bag. Always having a bag. It felt like yeah, you're like a. It feels like it, at that age in New York, it feels like you are like backpacking through uh, Europe, <laughs> but it's the town you live in. Yeah, you just leave in the morning. Yep. And then you were. You have entirely, everything. Yeah. Yeah, and if like if there was oh god if there was a day where you didn't bring like a phone charger you're like well this is or if this you is just speed basically going to Target in New York mm-hmm. is one of the worst experiences you can have. It's awful. If you get anything. Like wider than your own body, uh, it's it's really something. Yeah, I remember uh, a friend of mine moved here, uh, uh, you know, ten years ago. Actually, probably more now, twelve years ago. And the first time she lived in New York for six years, and the first time she came out here and went to a grocery store, she cried when she realized she didn't have to choose between milk and orange juice because previously <laughs> these are both heavy items I have to prioritize because I have to carry it seven blocks home and she was like oh my god I just have to carry this to the car and then I have a trunk and it was like this euphoric moment uh, I guess this this might count as a terrible Please. thing I was flying back into Newark one time after That's already terrible after a uh, the first friend wedding I ever had which was mm-hmm. in Hawaii which oh, I whoa. could not afford to no, go to not. but like why were they how old were they this was when I was 27 that's it was rude it was yeah, a kind rude of. wedding idea I mean it's like I'm sure it was exciting I get to go to Hawaii but it's like what the fuck and it was like my, my best like I had known him since preschool mm-hmm. so you have to go yeah and also like well I guess I'll just fucking live off of ramen for the next three months yeah and I went and got I have a very finicky digestive system and just there sure did not get nothing left my body for a week oh god (laughs) oh so you're like a you're like a a travel no shitter yeah 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 uh the the best way i've ever heard it phrased with michelle collins Uh referred to it as uh hershey kisses (laughs) (laughs) yeah just just fully stopped uh and then as soon as like we touched of course i flew out of newark because it was the cheapest way to do it sure and it's like as soon as the wheels landed, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna happen! Like, this is a whole week. Oh God, that needs to leave. But I'm not. This cannot be in the airport. No. But like, I can't take a cab, so I had yeah. to take the. Uh, I can't even remember if it's New Jersey Transit or Path or what you yeah. take to go from where you go from Newark to Penn Station. Oh God, Penn Station. Penn Station is nicer now, but back then it was like. It felt like how they would dress for after a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> like if you if you shot at Penn Station, it's like hey, we don't have to do anything. It's good. It was like the subway in Penn Station was the, yeah. the worst. Uh, I mean the the sandwich restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, of course. So I had to go take New Jersey Transit to Penn Station, then take the A train to the L train, then take the L train into Brooklyn, and I remember carrying my bags up Ugh. the steps like so close to home and just like full leg sweats oh just yeah the flop sweat of this like i gotta make it <laughs> yeah uh-huh. and i made it and it was it was very triumphant it was yeah i've so because uh, i you know that is my uh past of uh having, well you've had like deadly stomach well issues. yeah but like there was so many times where i had that where i remember do you remember that uh i don't know what it is now but it's like a, it's on beverly it was a restaurant called bld no no it was, no. Like, it was it's so for breakfast lunch dinner and for a while it was like a hot brunch spot 
And I remember being there uh, once and it was a, just a, you know, a bathroom with a urinal and a stall. And I went in and like the way like my, <coughs> the illness worked is like when it came on, it was like Batman with like the bomb, like the Adam West, <laughs> like, where can I go? You've got like the wick is getting shorter and you get like two minutes. And uh, so I remember stand, going into the bathroom and there was just somebody in the stall. And so it's just like, I'm just waiting, it's just the waiting game. Like, how long is this guy going to be in there? And there's nothing you can do. It's not like you can be like, motherfucker, I have to go because he's already going. I hope going. this is going where I think it oh, will yeah. be going. So I wait and wait and like, I even jiggle once, but like that, what does that do? That's an asshole move. Because mm-hmm. like, he's clearly in the middle of like, I could be like, hurry up. But yeah, that's not a he, thing. He clearly isn't yeah. just taking his time because no, it's a he's, public bathroom. Yeah, he's no not one. like re- doing the crossword or anything. But he, uh, you know, was in there long enough that, uh, you know, it was not a photo finish. I just fully shit myself. <laughs> Standing, waiting for the stall. Oh, I thought where we were going was shitting in the urinal. Oh, no, no, no. I've done other things. <laughs> I've, like, shit in, like, in the back of my car in a tote bag or in a box. <laughs> I've done stuff like that. But, like, the shitting in the urinal just felt like this is a busy restaurant. Someone's going to come in, and then I can never come here again. And then I just have to, like... So what's your I- protocol for shitting your pants? Well, previously, like, I, that's, I think at that age, that was, you know, I was like 26, 27. So that's when I made the, the probably the big boy decision. And, like, it was in, instrumental in like, oh, I'm not going to do boxers anymore because, A, they're bloomers. Who's going to wear a swimsuit underneath your jeans? But uh, boxer briefs, very instrumental in, like, keeping things in. Uh-huh. So it's not like a disaster. It's not like, uh, it's not what you imagine, like, in, a, in a, a, a Ben Stiller movie where it's just, like, a mitigated explosion. <laughs> things are pretty contained. But um, it was usually just like, okay, so that I just like, because whatever just happened, just like go into a stall, lose those, and like throw them in the trash for some poor janitor to find. <laughs> and then like, you know, just go about your day with, or until you went to the next place that you could find, have new underwear, just in jeans. It was usually pretty okay. It was like I headed down to a science because I've shit myself all over LA. Um, but in this one occasion, this happened, and I left... Uh, the, the bathroom and I was like I you know there's like it's not comfortable to walk because you've got a load in your yeah. so I just went to my then girlfriend I was like I have to go and she's like she knew what that meant she's like okay I'll get the check <laughs> so then I walked outside and as I was walking outside there was a dude who I knew who was like a manager for a few of my friends and he was like we were friendly not like super tight but he saw me and stood up and gave me a big hug <laughs> and just would like just kept talking and like I was like yeah well I got it and he's just like oh and what about this and what is it have you seen this movie well he's a manager he's a manager and it was like 10 minutes and I was just like I gotta go man you're covered in your human shit I'm covered in human shit and at some point it's gonna be aromatically a problem yeah (laughs) so I was like eventually I I have oh got a you know meter I don't know what the fuck I said and I got out of there but it was like the most harrowing like 10 minutes sitting there like talking to this guy just with your own shit in your pants with my own shit in my pants he had no idea and then and then like later on the day he's like sorry if I talked your ear off I had I was in a meeting with these potential clients and they were awful so I just wanted to talk to anybody else and I was like yeah that's fine but I I feel like I would have gone the this is what I do when I'm too high in public where I Mm -hmm. just like I don't know how to get out of a situation oh, sure. other than to be very honest. And I think I would have just been like, I'm covered in I'm, shit I'm right now and shit. I have to go. I've done that when I've been high because I'm the same way where I'm just like, I can't, I'm not focusing. Yeah. I, I have a very self-loathing monologue going on in my head, so I need to leave. Yeah, I'm panicking about something that happened six years ago. Yeah, yeah. And it's very real right now. I wish that was more socially acceptable to just be like, I 
I'm too high to be in a conversation right now. I think that's, I feel like I, people say that to me, like not often, but like, I feel like twice a year I will be with somebody like, I have to go. Yeah. I guess now that we're, <laughs> now that we're all full grown adults yes. who are still smoking uh-huh. uh, pot like teenagers. I think I smoke pot more now, but I, the thing is I don't, I, uh, this is a, like a, perhaps a douchey thing, but vape has changed the game, man. It has. Do you? Uh, I mean, by the way, do you want a drink or do you want? Uh, do you want like a, a hit of a calm? Uh, oh, a dosis? Yeah. Sure. Let's get into All it. All right. Let's do it. Um, yeah, that shit. Because I feel like it's. I know where I stand. Whereas, like, if I like remember in like college when I lived in you know Holland and shit. I would, you know, take two hits and sometimes be fine, or I'd take two hits and I'd be like out of my fucking gourd. Uh, it was it a is, disaster. I, the do, dosage has changed my life. Like that, you know how much. Like remember when you you used to eat like a weed cookie, and it was just like you could possibly feel nothing, or, or you could possibly have an eight-hour mental breakdown. You could be. You could wake up the next morning and still be high. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Uh, I went to. Um, I went to. Uh, there was a period of uh, back in the day when, like, my uh, ex-wife, when she was like figuring things out about her sexuality, and we took like a moment apart, mm-hmm. um, and I was just kind of losing it, and I had like a, uh, a, a weed sucker, and I bought it at the store, and the guy was like, "These are. This is." This is much more chill because I like had fear about um, uh, edibles because every time I've had them, you never know where you stand. Of, of, all the suckers are bad ideas because it's not one dose. Yeah. Like, and you forget like muscle memories to pop one in your uh-huh. mouth and then go about. Yeah, you don't like, think about it yeah. like as opposed to just a bite and then it's done. But he's like, you know, this is better. You know where you stand faster because it's absorbed through your mouth as opposed to having to be digested and then like two hours later. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. That's what the guy said. I don't think that's... No, probably not. it still is the same. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but I was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh, this guy works here. He must be an expert man who has white guy dreads. You must know what you're talking about. (laughs) But I... uh, So I went to the um, LACMA because I like hadn't been there. I was like, this feels like a good productive thing to do when I'm losing my mind. And I went in and I... Uh, just took like a third of it, like two, th- three or four licks, and then like walked around the museum for like an hour and a half, and I was like, very chill. Oh wow, this is nice. White man dreads. It was actually knows what he's talking about. <laughs> but so then I just did a little bit more, mm-hmm. walked around for another hour. Very delightful. Did a few more licks. Didn't finish it, but like did probably half the lollipop. And then as I was going home, a buddy of mine uh, texted me. And he was like, hey, I'm in your neighborhood. Mind if I come over? I want to hang out. And I was like, for sure. Uh, and he comes over. And I remember as soon as I opened up the door, it was like legit just getting like hit with a bag of bricks. I was like, I just all of a sudden time stopped. I didn't, I couldn't remember how I began a sentence. <laughs> like, yeah. Like just lost in like a loop. And then he sat down and started to tell me all about like how his girlfriend, he and his girlfriend at 10 years were breaking up. And I was, and I, I like tried to stay with him for like 20 minutes and then eventually like, I can't focus on anything you're saying. <laughs> it's so and I felt like so bad because he's like pouring his heart out. I was like, man, I don't know so, what's happening here. Feel, like yeah. it's such a priority when you're stoned to try to seem normal yes. and trying to remember what normal people do uh-huh. is impossible. Yeah. It's, it's like when you see somebody like not knowing what to do with your hands on camera. <laughs> I, one time at a... I went to Thanksgiving at a friend's place, like mm-hmm. in my mid twenties in New Jersey, and his whole family got high, and I got sure. high with like 
his family, Sounds which fun. was strange. And then when we were eating, I remember the feeling of not knowing where you're supposed to look when you're eating. <laughs> <laughs> do I only focus on the food? Yeah, am I supposed to be looking at people? Yes, do what I make eye contact the... while I chew? And if I think about it right now, I, I honestly still don't, like, I don't know offhand. I couldn't tell you right now where you're supposed to look no, when you're eating. No, no. Uh, yeah, there's, there's like so many things that are instinctual that if you actually think about it, you're like, uh... Yeah, I don't know the rules. There was, this is a, uh, I was going to say this is a deep shame, but it's not. I'm proud of it. When I was a kid, huge Garfield fan. Huge. <laughs> I had a Garfield bedspread. I had like all the books. I had a Garfield bedspread too. Yeah. Was it like a light gray with uh, little pictures of Garfield? Mine was uh, like uh, like a baby blue with mm-hmm. like him like in a in his little box bed with a thing, with a hmm. you know he always had the blanket around him. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So that was it. I also had uh, on my wallpaper. It was because there was like a, a trim. So it was like you know. Um, railing trim in the room sure so there's like a lower part of the wallpaper which was different and then a top part and the top part was um clouds with pegasus yellow pegasus flying and the bottom part was like clouds connected by rainbows and like that in conjunction with the garfield mm-hmm. it was like i think my mother was just like trying to make a gay man <laughs> <laughs> like they just put pegasus and rainbows everywhere wait is is garfield a gay thing? no but i just feel like just like it's, everything was like light uh-huh. blue and like very effervescent and like pastel colors and at the time it seemed totally normal to me that would have been mind-blowing to me right now to find out that garfield was like a... oh yeah yeah he's a gay icon oh yeah oh. yeah it's like wait, uh, is lasagna gay yes hmm. mondays Wait, also, the way lasagna looks in Garfield cartoons doesn't... It looks like a bunch... It looks like an enchilada casserole. Yes. We also was just, like, fucking just handing it. That's not how you eat. Nothing about the way lasagna is represented in Garfield is correct. Yeah, and big lasagna's got to get on that. There's (laughs) misrepresented product entirely. But I remember there was a a comic in which John, you know, good old John Arbuckle, was, like, asking Garfield, like, when you walk, is it left foot, left foot, right foot, right foot? Or is it left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot? And Garfield didn't say anything, and then John walked off, and his expression was just like, oh, no. <laughs> and I just feel like that was, like, occasionally when someone asks you, like, this very instinctual thing you never think about, how do you do it? And like, oh, well, now I'm going to spin out for the next six hours. Jim Davis nailed it. Nailed it. Um, my mom, uh, a couple, maybe it was like a year and a half ago, like, dated a guy named Jim Davis for a while. Oh, wow. And then one time... <laughs> couldn't remember his name and I was like you mean how are you forgetting the easiest name yeah like that name was on my comforter yeah I've seen the name Jim Davis more than any other like name in print in my life probably because it was every single thing yeah there was a a guy that I knew I knew casually at one point he was like the head of this like weird talent agency and his name was Tim O'Brien and I just offhandedly made a joke about uh, the The things things they carry carry. Yeah. yeah And and he, it was just like nothing. And I was like, How do you not know the? Not everybody has to know that, but you the same name. You should at least understand the reference. That's nuts. Like I have a friend whose name is Phil Collins. He knows fucking Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. He knows what it is. Yeah, Tim O'Brien should. He should know about like tongue necklaces. Yes, the whole thing. Yeah. I'm now having this panicky moment where I'm like, was. Was the story I just told about my mom dating a guy named Jim Davis? Am I conflating a lot of things? Did that happen? <laughs> you made it up. Did I just make up that you, story? You fight, I think you that's fight right. Fight club to boyfriend for your, for your mom. <laughs> Did he ever exist? Is Garfield real? Yeah. 
Well, you mean gay icon Garfield? <laughs> yeah, there's always every every uh, year in April in Palm Springs just a Garfield weekend. It's a big everybody goes. It's like a white party, mm-hmm. lasagna, which is terrible for lasagna. Gay people hate Mondays. Yes, of Gay course. People love lasagna. Yep, they hate Odie. They they love being orange. Yeah, and fucking Nermal the worst. <laughs> Nermal's like a twink. Get out of here. Do we? Is Garfield good or bad? In Societally, or or, or I mean, like, like comedy. What comedically does Garfield hold up? I don't think it holds up, but there is like a couple of things, a couple of jokes that, like, when I was like six years old or something, that like stuck with me. It's like, oh, that's a really inter- that's a good joke. Before like I knew anything mm-hmm. about like the crafting, just like you just know from watching sitcoms and shit. Um, but there was one where he like on a Monday he said to Odie, he's like. Buckle, he's like basically like, look out, motherfucker! I'm kicking you into next week. And Odie, dumb idiot, and he just kicks him, flies out of frame. <laughs> that's the that's the end of that thing. That's like the Monday comic. And then the next Monday, Garfield just sitting there drinking his coffee, and Odie fucking flies into frame and nails him. Wait, so this was like the Lomcon? Yeah. So you were reading Garfield so religiously that you were like keeping track of. I wasn't, but they compile all of the the daily comics. Oh, you were reading like books. a book. Okay. Yeah, I got. It. And I was like, oh, that's commitment. That is. And I that I remember. I mean, it must have. It stuck out to me like at six years old. See, that's who you want for your mom to end up with is someone yes. who's thinking of, who's thinking ahead. Yeah. Who cares about committing to a bit? Who's also <laughs> clearly like a cat person, which is a cat and dog person, which I'm okay with. I think a sad thing uh, about me that I'm realizing about myself is that if I got a pet, I think I'm better suited to a cat. I like dogs better, but yeah. I think I'm too lazy and selfish to have a dog. I mean, cats are so much easier, and I do, I'm like, you know, on the surface, like, fuck cats. But I had a couple cats growing up, and they were always very chill. Yeah, they're, it's barely a pet. Mm-hmm. And a dog is very, it's the most pet it's a very needy. Yeah. It's a needy animal. Like, it can't do shit for itself. I, but I like dogs more. Like, so I under, more. I'd rather hang out with a dog. Yeah, and also, like, I have a dog who is, Duncan, who is 16 years old. Oh, my. Yeah, he's old as fuck. But he's, you know, still getting around. And he, uh, he's always kind of, because when I rescued him, he was, like, uh, abused. And so he was, like, very, like, skittish. And is just, general, in general, his personality is that of more of a cat. Like, he doesn't, like, greet you. He greets me sometimes at home, like, hey! Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, so just be like, what's up? And then he just kind of, like, he just plays more coy. I think I so want a coy. Yeah, I want a coy and or lazy dog. Oh, yeah. That's great. I don't want, like, a like a Jack Russell or something that has so much energy that's going to chew everything and fuck up your house. Or, like, I, I don't... Pitbulls are... I don't have any of the bad associations with pit bulls as mm-hmm. being violent but they are just very uh active yes dogs yeah but they're real cool yeah they're cool dogs they're cool but dogs. They, they're doing a lot of things at all times yes yeah i mean i forget what it's like i think i kind of forget what it's like to have like a dog that has energy because my dog has been old for a very long time like it's like betty white at this point <laughs> old for so long man how's how's he doing what's he's his ears he can't hear great but it's still he can still hear some stuff how how are his like how was how his pants shitting situation it's okay he i've i've discovered like for a while cuz i was you know i just i moved into a new place i like bought a place a little while ago and so like i did like kind of the culling of like 
everything that I had in my old apartment, which was like, all had that like 23 to 26 year old, like kind of garbage vibe. Like it was either Ikea or things you bought in a yard sale. Yeah. Um, which was fine for the time, but it was like, I'm doing adult stuff. Like you've got a wonderful house and this is what I wanted. Cause for a long time I was like, well, this is, I bought this shelf for $10 at a garage sale. It's time to upgrade. Mm -hmm. So I like did all that shit and uh, just in time for him to be with me full time and so old and pissing on shit. Yeah. But I also realized like, so I've like systematically, if I leave him on like the main floor, he'll just, there's a big white carpet that he's like, all right, let's do this. But <laughs> I, if I leave him just in the bedroom, which is kind of nicer, cause then he, the equivalent to that in my room is the bath mats and like, Go ahead, piss on bath. The thirty dollars bath mats, piss on sure. them all the time. I throw them in the wash, so by and large, it's pretty okay. And he sleeps. He lets me sleep in now. That's cool. Yeah, for a while, when uh, my ex girlfriend has a had a wonderful dog <laughs> who's very chill, and I loved him very much, but they were like friends, which was very nice because yeah. Duncan never really had a friend, so that was like very heartbreaking to see like I'm taking away your friend. It was like really broke my. I said this to my like hairstylist once and I like started crying like, oh no so, like, didn't want to deal with that. I was like no this is my fault this is not yours um, to cry over a breakup using like your pet as uh -huh. a uh, a stand-in yes is uh, that's a that's a I like that move yeah yeah it was uh, yeah so she like didn't know how to handle that she was like not ready like we chit chat about you know nonsense so like that was like oh this is too much for me I like a good emotional conflation where yes. you I had a um, my last relationship mm -hmm. ended a couple months before a friend died. Oh God! And those became very linked sure, for me in a very like weird way, where I would like I'd be going through stuff and like find something of hers, and mm -hmm. then get like very upset about my uh, friend being dead. Yeah, and it was like this. I think that really bizarre uh, twirling of stuff. Yeah, because I think like you conflate those things, but like in the same way that like. Uh, like I know, like it, like music will flatten time so much for me. Like some songs are just like that is a hundred percent this one location or this one period of time. And if like two tragic, two enormous things of loss happen in the same period, they're yeah. kind of become like. I think what inherently linked. There was a um, oh now we're we're getting on topic for the yeah, podcast. This is great. Uh, after after the breakup and death, mm -hmm. I one two uh, punch. It was a one two yeah. And also, there was a um, a week long stomach bug in there where I diarrheaed out like thirteen pounds. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you had your summer body. That's nice. Yeah, that was yeah, that was sure. cool because you're single again. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was like, oh, I just skipped the having to go to the gym process. Yeah, I, I just I, I just uh, shit it out over the course. I got of, rid of all the poison. <laughs> it was the, actually the uh, night before my birthday is when it started, and I didn't really know it was a whole thing. And then oh, the next no. day, I had to send the email that was like. Okay, um, guys, we can't all meet at the bar tomorrow yeah. because I'm... I, I, I will be I am, shitting at the bar. Yeah. That's not going to be great for anybody. So I was working on... It was my first year at New Girl, mm -hmm. and we all go to go to Las Vegas at the end of every of season. I'm, I'm speaking about it in the present tense, even though it's in the past. That's fine. So we all went to Las Vegas, and I took mushrooms, and at some point I realized that it was my uh, dead friend's birthday. Oof. And then we went to, it was a Tuesday, and some of the people who were, like, on cocaine got very excited to go to, like, a club, like a sure. full-on Las Vegas club. Of course. So we went to this club, like, at the pool at the Cosmopolitan. Oh, yeah, I know that one. 
Uh, I've never is, been there, but I used to cover Vegas <laughs> when I before I like when I was nicknamed Diming, and I used to cover their nightlife. So I wrote about all these places I never went to. But anyway, yeah, it seemed it seemed like a place that people covered. Sure. And it was a Tuesday, so it was like a third full. Uh-huh. And we got a cabana, but they put us like kind of far away from even like the small bit of action because it was like we're putting like the the collection of like Jew writers. Yeah, yeah, over go back there. there. You're not well, you're In not our corner. window of material. And they, for some reason, we got we got like bottle service, and I was so bu- like there were the women bringing the bottles like in their weird, like Victorian, uh, what do you call it? like a oh like a um, a corset yeah yeah it it like bummed me out that that's what like Las Vegas thinks I want, <laughs> and I was like tripping sure, and then this song started playing that I used to make fun of with my uh, ex-girlfriend and it was like on my dead friend's birthday oh, at this like third full club and I just like had to go like stand in a corner while on mushrooms and uh, like deal with all of my shit. Oof. Yeah, those things um, I feel like I'm much better at uh, uh, emotionally dealing with that when it doesn't when I'm cognizant of it mm-hmm. but like when you sneaks up on you like cause I remember like after my mom died, like I was like, okay, Mother's Day is gonna be tough, mm-hmm. and then I like wasn't that bad because it was like I was prepared for it. Yeah. But like I remember like the first year, like the Oscars, because she'd always like text me. I'd like always be on delay, and she'd text me like, I can't believe they won. I'm like motherfucker, mom, stop. <laughs> or she would just mm-hmm. like be like, I like this outfit. Oh, I can't believe that one. And she would just like like this running, you know, uh, flow of consciousness. And I was uh, that was like. I, that was the thing I wasn't expecting, so it was like, oh, it hit me so much harder than like a birthday or something. Yeah, for another one for me was um, a girl that my friend and I knew, girl, a grown woman. Sure, uh, sure. Be, out of the blue, I realized on Facebook that she had become a bodybuilder. Oh, wow. And it blew my mind, uh-huh. and there was no one, I was like, oh, he's the only one who would have cared that oh. this uh, thing happened. Right. And it was like, I can't believe this person from, like, nine years ago suddenly working out a lot is, like, a thing that's Yeah, uh, I think the things that sneak up on you are, like, so much harder. Uh, What what was your process of, like, because I've lost a bunch of people, but none, none, like, a very, very close friend. I've Mm -hmm. lost, like, some friends, but they've all, like, the guy who uh, died over the holiday was, you know, I was close to them a while, but it's been a decade before since we've been really close. Yeah. So... It I mean, fucks their head, but not in the same way that it's like omnipresent. Yeah, that I didn't know him well. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, like I one time, oh, that MTV pilot that I mm-hmm. did near your house. I think he worked on that too, so I okay. knew from that. But it's like the only reason it's like difficult now is just because it dredges up other stuff, right? And it's also very similar. I mean, we can say like Ke- that was Kevin, sure, and then my friend Harris, yeah. Because you guys were very close, right? We were, like, roommates at Emerson. Mm-hmm. And then we hadn't been as close, like, the last few years, which right. was also a very... Well, we grew up together. Like, right. we were friends in high school and everything. Where are you from? Uh, Houston. Gotcha. So, it was... I mean, we were still in touch and still friends. Right. We just, like, weren't, you know, best, best friends like sure. we had been when we, like, lived together. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, another troubling part of it was, like, so many people reaching out to be like, I know how hard this is for you. And it was, but it was also people kind of assuming a current level of yeah. closeness that didn't exist in that like time leading up to his death. And then it felt like there were feelings of like feeling that like I was 
a like a phony somehow because like of that. Like an interloper somehow? Yeah, and so many people were that yeah. at that time. Like, yeah. so many people wanted, like, a piece of this It's weird that, that, like, kind of... Because, I mean, like, I, you know, going to this funeral yesterday, I, there's, like, a little bit, like, I feel kind of, like, not a phony, but, like, I felt like I was... I've not been close to this guy yeah. forever, but, like, he was... At one point, I was. And it's, like, also the kind of thing, like, I know when my mom died, like, people I had not seen for 10 years showed up. And they were never that close, but it was just like, it was like, it was so touching to me. So like, just remember that, like I should be there for this reason. But there's a gross Hollywood thing to yes. it when someone like, like when Harris died, I remember like people posting stuff and being like, he hated you. Like he yeah. talks so much shit about you and you're like, it, it feels like weirdly sycophantic or optimistic yeah. in some way. Yeah. And it was really, it was so fucked up. Well, that also, like, is a whole other level of, like, you're dealing with grief, but then you're also st- stuck in this kind of, like, anger about, like, fuck you. You don't get to claim this. This is not your loss. Yeah. And then there was stuff like that where people would get so upset. And at in the moment, I was just like, who cares? Like, right. f- like fuck it all. Like, anyone can say feelings, anything yeah. they want. But then I got more mad about that as time went on. Yeah. I, I, that, I mean, I think that is a a thing that has always kind of uh, rubbed me the wrong way but like I knew Harris from school and uh, you know ran into and talked to him twice a year we were far from like good friends but that was still like when I heard it I was like what and I think that's just like one of those moments of like it was a head fuck for me just because it's like this is somebody who is so young and so talented in just the way that like just like just a reflection of like, oh fuck, we are all. This is all very violent and chaotic. Everything around us, and we like take that for granted. Like how like, to sound cheesy, but like how precious it is, and like how it can just be gone. So I think that's what, like I think a lot of people, at least if I'm projecting my own shit, like that's what I felt. But yeah. then it felt like this other level of like I want to claim friendship. I want to act like I know this person. Yeah. I want to like, I want to be a part of the, this party. Yeah, and there was also a bummer realization that came later on that, like, I assumed, like, that the last, like, year or so when we hadn't really been close that Mm -hmm. he had, that it was because he had, like, other people he was super close to. And that was true to some extent, but I think he was kind of isolated in a way that, like, I didn't talk to him much about, like, the addiction issues or anything. And it made me feel... I was like, oh, maybe not many people were. Like, I just assumed he had, like, this whole other support system. Yeah. And there were, there certainly were sure. people. Was that, like, something that you, like, I know whenever something like that ha- happens to me, whatever how it's dressed up, like, that's, like, the shit that wakes me up at six in the morning and my mind just starts spinning. Was yeah. that, like, a long time of, like, processing and, like, it, having to not be beat yourself up over it? No, it was, the, it was, like, the opposite. At first, like, when people would have, like, guilty feelings about it about like not being more proactive about trying to keep in touch and making sure he was okay i was like fuck that that's not on you this was his thing to deal with and that's not on us but then as time went by i was like no there was like part of that that was on i mean not anyone's fault but like the last time like i really hung out with him was it was like the night before thanksgiving like in 20, I guess I was 2014. Mm-hmm. And I just run into him at Gelson's and he looked sure. like bad. Right. And we went to dinner and I remember thinking like, oh, he's not like 
clean. I don't think he's clean right, right now, but just not bringing it up. And that's like a, a bummer to a think bummer. about now. What was at the time? Was it just like, you know what, this is, I'm, I just don't want to get into it. Or it's like, this is not my place because we're not that close anymore. Or... Yeah, it was, it was that. <clears throat> I, I didn't want to act like I was a close enough person right. to it seemed like presumptuous to be like hey man what's what's like, going on what's up yeah i think so because like so oftentimes like who, who the fuck am i to say anything but i think like i think a thing that i've kind of learned or like maybe at least this is just getting older and uh all of my friends are paired off and have kids and shit so like i feel like i have a enormous social circle but I don't have any like last minute friends anymore, mm-hmm. really. You know, like the people like you can like, oh, I don't have any plans on Friday. Let's go out and do something. Yeah. So there's like one or maybe two people like that. Uh, so like life just gets in so much quieter. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay. But it's like, I think just in general, like everybody assumes that, oh, they have people. They have people. They're talking to someone. They're doing something. And I think that's oftentimes not the case. I think it's not. The, I think people are like busy a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and that not... Yeah, you assume everyone's hanging out with everyone else. And yeah. I think a lot of times they're they're not. Uh, this is uh, a little bit of a tangent, but I want to like talk more about this. But I uh, uh, yesterday at this funeral, I talked. I ended up talking to uh, my friend's dad. <laughs> Never met him before, but like was such a lovely dude. He's like a judge. He gave a speech that was really sweet and earnest. And um, I just wanted to like you know, condolences and like tell him a quick story. And then we talked for 45 minutes and I kept on trying to be like, I don't want to keep you. Yeah. But I think it was because I wasn't like connected to anybody. Like I didn't, it wasn't the same level of, he didn't have to take care of me. Yeah. But also he was saying something that I thought was interesting. Like he had a good friend of his that was like a uh, stage four stomach cancer. It's like in the hospital, not great. Like he's doesn't have a ton of time. And he's like, I, I keep on wanting to reach out to him but I don't want to because I don't want to bog him down with like my tragedy. Yeah. And, and I was just, whether or not this is like the right advice or not, but I was like, I think you should, because I think that'll probably, I think everybody has that instinct. Like, I don't want to bother you, but that's what makes you feel more isolated. Yeah. I'm sure like if you told him this, then he could help you as a friend and that would give him something that's beyond himself. He wouldn't have to think about his own shit. He could be like a support system for you when, as opposed to just having like, feel alone and terrified. Yeah, that was my same instinct with reaching out to like a friend of Kevin's where mm-hmm. I was like, I haven't talked to him in a while. I'm sure he's being overwhelmed with, you know, all kinds of people reaching yeah. out. So maybe like I'm not a person he needs to hear from. Right. And I was just like, oh, fuck, who cares? Yeah, I think that's the, I've done the same thing before. And I feel like it's a little bit of a, um, what was it? Fitzgerald after like um, Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. He like, took longer and longer to write his next novel because he thought it had to be really good but the longer he took the better he thought he had to be so it was like this paralyzing yeah. like, cycle and I think that's the kind of thing like well I meant to write an email but now it's been a while so I should write a more uh, a longer email more heartfelt or I should I should call and then it just becomes this thing and then you can't like then yeah, it's then, like, like too insane much time. to yeah. write the thing but I think like the truth is like it doesn't matter when you do it or how you do it people either they'll respond or they won't or they won't and like you at least like I'm here I feel like the what I always try to do in those situations is just like, please don't feel obligated to respond. This mm-hmm. is only to say, yeah. like, I'm sorry. Oh, that's a. Always on his earbuds. I was like, that kind of crazy person. <laughs> He's having a good time. 
Um, this is a scary window for crazy people. There's been like yeah. twice where like just a full on crazy person has like just like come up these steps. Yeah, that's the thing is like I have a bunch of crazy people outside of my house. Not crazy, but eccentric and sometimes crazy. But like I'm my main living floor is a full up flight <laughs> above. So no one this feels like you're very accessible. Yeah. And also, um, well, to ex explain to the listeners. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, Paint a picture. My. Uh, uh, home has a there's like steps that you have to walk up to mm -hmm. get to my house and it's a big at picture the, window and there's this enormous window that's at the top of the step so if i'm sitting in my living room uh what i just see is like the top of a head oh no that's terrifying appearing. that's not great and it's uh and then some like twice in the like three years i've been here it's been a uh uh a crazy stranger. A crazy, yeah, sure. A vagabond. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is not a room that you're doing, like, making out in. You're very much on display. Yeah, well, I mean, we closed the curtains. Oh, sure. oh you have curtains. Uh, you're fine. Curtains. Yeah, yeah, you're an adult. Uh, but it is a... Also, just when I have... When you were coming over, I sat in that room just because it's the moment of oh, right, that... eye contact through this window <laughs> uh -huh, when someone like, comes uh... over is uncomfortable for everybody. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh, you're there. Yeah. And like, no yes, one... I am. I'm waiting for you. You don't want to make eye contact with someone before you realize that you're in each other's presence. Yes. It's, it's very unsettling. It's abrupt. Yeah, it is abrupt. Um, uh, what did... Uh, how did you... How did that, like, moving forward for, like, having two peers? Because I think, you know, you've, like, led this off with saying, like, I haven't had a lot of bad things happen. Like, those are landmark moments, kind of. Yeah, Even if one's just, like, a, a, an acquaintance, it yeah. still was, like, a thing that a lot of people don't experience. Um, yeah, I mean, having a, having a friend die is weird. Like, it's, yeah. but it's, like... Because it's, it's not the natural order. Like, even, like, parents, like... That's a bummer, it's, but it's supposed to it's happen. All, it's going to happen at some yes. point in your life. And I suppose just, like, statistically, you're going to, like, have right. a friend die, too. Yeah. But it was... I mean, there was a time in my life where, like... I, I'm i not sure if I've ever been, like, closer with a friend than I was with Harris when we were close. Right. So it was, like, reliving a lot of... I don't know. It was a very... Well, I think that also at that age in life, uh, you the friendships are, like, so much more... Especially in college, because you're like when you know, you're like 19 and 20, like you can't have friendships like that. Any no, like, like there's never a time where you like sleep in the same room mm -hmm. as like another person you're yeah. friends with. Like, yeah, it's crazy. And, and it's like you're like wet paint. Like you're just like you're not you're you're not fully formed. So it's like they become so much more. And you're uh, also like like you're on your own for the first time, yeah. and you're like you make that person like a, an amalgam of like your parents and yeah. your like sibling. Yeah, I do think like that. All those people, like, the, you know, the various people I lived with at Emerson, like, the ones who I'm still very close with and the ones who I'm not at all, like, even when I see them, it's like there's a little bit of, like, you're in some capacity a brother and always will be. Yeah. Even if, like, we don't see each other for years. Yeah, that's, a, like, whenever I see, like, Dave Horwitz or mm -hmm. Mookie, it's, like, all these people, we were just in each other's lives so right. intimately for so long that it's, yeah. it always feels like time hasn't past yeah that's the way i feel like a little bit like i hung out with james kirkland last weekend and i was like right we went to europe together and slept on trains and yeah. shitty hostels and then we shared an apartment for two years yeah you've all seen each other throw up mm -hmm. 
I've, I've seen you, you know, make out with a bunch of like, oh, don't do that, James. I've <laughs> seen, seen a lot. Like, I don't see any of my friends' dicks anymore. No. And that's okay. That's, <laughs> that's nice. fine. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. But I used to know what all my friends' dicks yes, looked like. Yes, of course. I think it's, it's, a, it's, it's a nice byproduct of getting older. When you're younger, <laughs> you just saw dicks all the time. Somehow. So many, like, yeah. so many dicks. Yeah. I, I went... I went to Vegas once for, uh, you know, a similar thing of like a season ended on a show that nobody watched on Fox and, uh, remember just being in the spa with like a coworker. I was like, I don't want to do this is, I don't want to be, I never need to see a friend's dick ever again. It's fine. So that's what you learned from the whole experience. Yeah. That's what you took away from what I took away is like, yeah. Uh, and I consider it most of all the loss of a, a, a dick a I dick, was familiar yes. with. Yeah, because you knew that that was one of the few dicks that meant something to you. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I never saw Kevin's dick. Yeah. So oh, it's not that's a waste of opportunity. Yeah. yeah, you can't get that back. Um, but how did that, like, moving forward? Because, like, you have you have your parents, right? Mm-hmm. Grandparents? Uh, no. No. Okay, so that's they like all something. I, they all died in my lifetime. Right. Which is... A, a bummer, but it's also like still the way. Like my grandfather died right before the holiday, and it was like a a big bummer. But it's like okay, well this yeah. is this is what's supposed to be. He had a long life. But yeah, like, like n- no. Pa- I guess when I was like, yeah, the three grandparents that died, like in my childhood, mm-hmm. was they, those were all very sad. But then, like when my grandmother died at like ninety four, when I was like twenty five or something, yeah. it was like yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a great... God, she... she yeah, you made it. the system at 94? <laughs> and she was like, you know, a little mean, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Um, but how did, like, moving forward, did that, like, change your perspective? Was it... I feel like whenever, like, something... Uh, whenever I talk to somebody who, like, hasn't been through, like, a bunch of tumult, mm-hmm. they, like, expect, like, oh, you must, you must have such a greater understanding of life, and, and do you feel like that that you had like these moments of clarity or like it, it changed your perspective or there's like no, epiphanies I, or it's just like, I feel oh, like I really sad. didn't get anything good at it. Yeah. It was just weird for a mm. long time. And then eventually I, I feel like when it happened, it felt like, uh, I was it, the most similar thing that I feel like everyone else could identify with was like Trump winning where suddenly it just felt like we like reality split mm-hmm. and I'm in the wrong one. Right. Is what like him dying felt like. And everything felt like, like I'm not supposed to be flying back to Houston right now. Right. I'm not supposed to be like at this funeral right yeah. now. And like, it, it was a lot of that feeling. And then eventually it started feeling like, yeah, this was the only way it could have happened. This right. was always the thing that it was that was going to happen. Yeah, that is like the. I mean, that is intrinsically like the denial, right? That's yeah. Like the first stage of grieving. I mean, it's very weird that the closest <laughs> that Trump is a. Uh, no, but that like threw people that. like like what? This feels like I remember seeing there was like a thing like oh clearly this is a a glitch. We are in a like a rea- a um computer program and there's yeah. like a glitch. And I thought that was like a very uh, narcissistic thing to think that like because weird things are happening in the United States, that's the only reality that matters. Like that, oh, we have this weird thing. Mm-hmm. But what about the fucking weird makeup? <laughs> this is like, you know, what do we make up? Three percent of the population of the fucking world? But like we are this is glitching. But I do it was kind of like I, I don't believe in uh like God or anything. Mm-hmm. And it to me it was not it was like as if God came down and suddenly I was like, oh, I was way off. Like, yeah. and that's how right. I was so sure I was comforting, like all my friends, like, yeah. 
because I watch cable news seven hours a day. Sure. So people were like, let's check in with Noah and see what he thinks. And I was like, we're good. Yeah. No one has to worry Everybody about Everybody had thing. that feeling. But I think that it's uh, like a decent metaphor uh, or analogy because it's just feels like so impossible. Yeah. And like when a friend who you don't see anything coming, even if like if you know somebody has an addiction, it still feels like well, that's that doesn't it. happen to your life. That's the weirdest part is like I thought that's what was going to happen. And then really? it felt so, like it still didn't feel mm. right. I remember like having a conversation with my friends at dinner one time where he had like he was originally in rehab for pills and right. then he had gotten out of rehab and then tried heroin. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking about it and being like I I don't under I don't see how he like pull everything keeps going further instead of right. being pulled back and I don't like it doesn't feel like momentum is right. on the right side of things. Yeah. But then, yeah, but then still when it happened, it was, yeah, really jarring. I think that's the thing, even though, uh, uh, my, you know, touches with death or anything loss is just like, even when you see it coming, it's still, I feel like it's like, well, it'll, it'll come, but it's just not, it's always sooner than you expect. I think that's like this kind of shocking thing. Yeah. Like, you know, it's going to happen, but it doesn't feel like today is ever the day. And then when that day comes, like, Oh, everything is everything feels untethered and weightless. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was so strange. I um, I started seeing. I have two therapists now. It's pretty cool. Oh, can I have one of them? Yeah. I should. I like. I wanna. I wanna start therapy, but I'm also very lazy and will. Like... I have. I have two great people. I will. I will hook you up. Yeah. Um, but the new woman I started seeing because a uh, friend of mine recommended her for. Very various different things. She just does this stuff called EMDR, which is like a way oh, of. I'm familiar. I, yeah. Yeah, which I'm is fascinating. I've only done it like half the time, or maybe a third of the times I've been there, but it's like really interesting. But it's not for like, you don't do it in perpetuity. You no. Like a little bit. Yes. Yeah. So so it's like a therapy with like occasionally we do that. And it's like very interesting and it's kind of, um, it's like you, it's like almost like a hypnotic. You drift. You like talk about like a thing that you're experiencing now and what that feels like, where you're carrying your body, what are the, the like kind of attitudes like I this makes me feel this 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 and what's another time in your life where you felt the same thing and you kind of like link those a little bit I mean everybody's different anyways point of the story is that's a big tangent is that she said something very early on about like grief and mourning that it's like it's not linear it's because naturally you're going to deny everybody thinks that just like you go through stage stage mm-hmm. stage and then we're we accept but it's like you deny and then you get to like the anger and that's uncomfortable so it sends you back to like the denial. So yeah. it's like kind of the cycle until you like actually get to the place where you can like tolerate that anger and that discomfort where then you move beyond. Yeah, that feels, yeah, that feels absolutely correct. Yeah. There's times when you feel completely fine and you're mm-hmm. not thinking about this bad thing yep. for, for a whole chunk of, of time and then, and then you have a bad day. Yeah, and then it's like, motherfucker. Yeah. Was there anger that came along with that though? Were you like, How? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, it was infuriating. It yeah. felt so dumb to like because in college it never seemed like he had a particularly addictive personality but I don't I don't know like I I think if you took us in college you would have been like oh Noah's much more likely to sure like I was high all the time Mm -hmm. and he wasn't it's also a thing where I'm fascinated like when people get sober in college I'm like but everybody's a little fucking drunk idiot. Yeah. Like, how, you must really know something about yourself. 
or like some people, I feel like I have friends who have stopped drinking, not because they couldn't stop drinking when they were drinking, but because when they drank, they were so different. Right. Like they would just go away or. Yeah. And I guess that is a good reason, but I think that also feels like, uh, that's like a therapy thing to get into. Like if you become like inherently angry, because yeah, like when I'm drunk, if there's like an issue, uh, in the context of like exes or whatever, or with even friends, if there's like some sort of underlying resentment that may come out easier, but more or less when I get a little bit boozy, I'm just like a little chattier and a little bit happier. Yeah. I like hugging a lot yeah. when I'm drunk. Big hugger. Big, big, deep body Yeah, get in there. Drunk. And that's nice. That's like, it's like a little bit of a metric of like what your underlying personality is. Yeah. So if like your underlying personality, you get very angry or violent when like, that feels like, yes, yeah, stay away from the thing that um, yeah, unleashes that beast, but also get to the core of it. Yeah, your inhibitions are what are keeping you from yeah. being angry all the time. So deal with that, away. yeah. And I guess like, yeah, my inhibitions are what's keeping me from my, just, <laughs> I guess, sucking people. Just being very well. friendly all the time. Yeah. Well, that's nice though. That's a nice way to live. Yeah. Like, Although I do feel like I'm moving into a place now and as a society, I think we, we all got to pull back on hugging. I think it's too much. <laughs> really? I think I'm a, I'm part of the problem. Uh-huh. I think we ought to not be all hugging each other all the time. But how much on a daily basis are you hugging somebody? Not like on a daily, but I feel like if I meet someone at a part, like let's say a, a friend of mine's like girlfriend or something mm-hmm. at the end of the night, everyone's like saying goodbye. And if you just like hug three of your close friends right. and then it's so weird to like shake the hand of this person. So you're like, Hey, let's, let's. Yeah. and it's just, we- it's like, well, this person doesn't want to be hugged. It me. is weird, but it's also sometimes the, the formality of just like, yeah, well, after, we just had after we just, four embraces and then yes. like, good evening. All right. Well, you don't earn this. Yeah. You're a garbage to me. <laughs> I, but I also like, I think, um, I, I see your point, but I think in general, like, It'd be cooler if we were all just like more into hugging in general. Like if we were just like all a lot kinder to each other and like patient and like saw nuance more or just like more forgiving, you know, you wouldn't have to watch cable news as probably as much. Sure. I do really love it though. It's well, so... then you need less hugging. That's what, that'll, that'll feed the beast then. Uh, the, the worth that I've talked about this before, but my cable news habit isn't like... I feel like some people have it in a sort of virtuous way where they want to be informed. But for me, it's just like the soap opera I started watching that um, I just need to keep up on the storylines. Right. Because it's like a little bit like you you get more um, interested in the hosts kind of and like they're going through and like, oh, for some reason, they're really into this one facet of the story for who knows why. Like I'm really trying – like I think – Rachel Maddow's a little bit, little bit uh, get, getting sloppy and uh, yeah. spinning out. Losing I'm, a little bit, yeah. I'm invested. Yeah. I just thought it was fascinating. It's not, this is not a good story at all. Watching, uh, what's his name? Uh, O'Donnell. Um, Lawrence O'Donnell. Lawrence O'Donnell. I, I call him Larry O'Derry. Oh, that's way better. As as a Larry myself, that's my first name. I <laughs> really? appreciate that. Yeah. And it's not Lawrence. My, just Larry. My grandparents were uh, dumb idiots who named their uh, two boys Larry and Gary. Not Holy Lawrence shit. and Gerald, Larry and Gary. And my dad doesn't seem to think that's weird. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm a junior, so then I am Larry. Yeah, it's Larry, rough. Larry, I feel like now you can pull up. Larry's a tough... Tougher You kid. don't want to be a 20-year-old Larry. No. I think you're like a 5-year-old Larry is pretty cool. Yeah. But then like from like 6 to 20 is rough. Yeah, that's a bad Larry. Or you have to be just so cool. Or like a nerd who's like probably has a secret that he's got a big wiener, and that none of those things were me. I was just like a theater. Which your friends at the time would have known. Yes, of course, because they see it all the time. Yeah. Um, 
All right, I usually finish up with just like asking advice. So I'll ask for, what do you do for bed bugs? And then also, <laughs> uh, I guess just, uh, you know, uh, dealing with the sense of loss or anger or like opportunism that comes along with losing a friend who is either in this arena where people want to glom onto it. Yeah, that's uh, a very amorphous question, but. Yeah, I think, I think for bed bugs, mm -hmm. I don't, I think heat treatments do well now. Okay, great. I, whatever treatment I had at the time wasn't successful, and I just moved. In general, don't uh, so take maybe anything. throw away your things and move. Throw away your things and move, and don't take furniture off of a stoop. Yeah, and also it's helpful, like for ten years after every time you get like a mosquito bite to like get nauseous and mm -hmm. relive your entire weird trauma. I think that's important to do. That is good. You know, I think I feel like I have come a long way in terms of becoming a more emotionally evolved person. Uh, but I still, even when there's absolutely no reason when I've not been having any sex or been with the same partner forever, if I like get just like an itch on my wiener, I'm like, oh, oh I'm I'm a bad person. I'm terrible. Everything's everything's wrong. Top, top six things about mm -hmm. being in a long-term relationship is like not Getting... staring at your dick all yes. the time. Yes, it's the most. And I don't know if that's like weird uh, Catholic guilt shit or if it's just like moralizing about sexuality or it's just like general I th fear. I think it's just the easiest place for anxiety sure. to go. Because like this you is just, the thing. I, I you like you so much. squeeze it all right into your... <laughs> yeah. Right, just all there. Right into your dick. So, yeah, my advice would be to when you're when you're single and mm -hmm. y you have multiple partners to stare at your dick all the time all and the time. about it's it. It's great. It's, it's really good and nice to have like a, <laughs> just a focus for all your anxiety. Just like be at work but uh -huh. be thinking about all the what time. could be like every sensation you have on your dick could be something. Yeah, it might just be a breeze, or just you know you got quarters on, or you could be. Dying. Maybe you got it, or maybe you should go to urgent care yeah. and keep showing that doctor your dick like <laughs> yeah. a psychopath. Like, uh -huh. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> Everything's fine, bro. Yeah. Uh, and for dealing with people glomming on to the death of uh, someone who uh, had some level of fame, I would say uh, be medium mad about it because it's annoying. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. And how do you process that? Just goes um, away over time. You, you just talk shit about those people <laughs> okay. with your friends. <laughs> and that makes you feel better. Yeah. Because that's what your friend would have done anyway. Yeah. Uh, all very salient points. Thanks so much, man. Hey, thank you. Thanks for bringing out pot in the middle of it, too. You're welcome. Delightful. Only you, only you, only you. I see evidence. I mean, that guy's just great. I'm a big fan. He's a new friend, and I think he's just the cat's jammies. Everybody, give it up for Noah Garfinkel. He's a delight. Thank you so much, Noah, for taking time out of your Saturday to sit and chat with me about a bunch of bullshit. Uh, he's super talented, super nice. Also, sat in his apartment, very well appointed. He's got a real, a real eye for interior design. So, a man of many talents, and I thank him for coming out and talking to me. Uh, if you are a fan of him, and you should be, check him out on Twitter, because he's genuinely super funny. It's at Noah Garfinkel. That's at Noah, G-A-R-F-I-N-K-E-L. Support that man. He's talented. He deserves it. And he's nice. Uh, that's it. That's the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it, uh, you know, brought some sunshine to an otherwise, you know, uh, busy and bullshit day. Thank you. A couple other thank yous. Thank you to Kingdom Flying Club and Julia Pot for our music. Thank you to Hayden Fongheiser for doing everything behind the scenes that I'm incapable of doing. And of course, the biggest thank you goes to you guys. Uh, we're all busy. Uh, we all have our heads up our own asses. So it's nice that you take a little bit of time out of that head up the ass day to listen to me, you know, talking about feelings and having a couple chuckles. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys have a great day. And uh, that's it. Have a lovely week. 